Hey, welcome to the Impact Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this week's message is a blessing to you like it was to us. Let's go ahead and jump into it. All right, Mark chapter 5. We're going to begin reading in verse number 21. Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was there by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue, named Jairus by name, when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and the great multitude followed him and thronged him. That means there was a massive amount of people around Jesus, bumping in, elbows. Everybody was getting a hold of Jesus, right? And the Bible says in verse number 25, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd Pressed through the crowd, touched his garment, for she said, the New Living Translation says, she thought to herself, if I may only touch his garment. Luke chapter 8 is the same account of this story. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, she said, I shall be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she fell on her, she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out from him, turned around in the midst of the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But the disciples said to him, You see the multitude who is thronging about you, and you say, Who has touched me? I'm going to paraphrase the rest. The woman fell down at the feet of Jesus and admitted that she was the one who had pressed in and touched Jesus in spite of everyone else already touching Jesus. Jesus went on to further explain it in Luke chapter 8. He said, no, really, who touched me? For I perceive that virtue or power has gone from me, is what Jesus said um, in that moment. So tonight I want to speak on the topic, and it's almost a continuation of the sermon the Lord instructed me to preach a couple weeks ago on the minority. But tonight the title is The Crowd or Christ. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing together these young men and young women here tonight, God, that we may worship you and adore you, God. We thank you that we are gathered together with brothers and sisters of like precious faith, God. We thank you for the freedom here in America to do so, God. In spite of much civil unrest and economic unrest and political unrest, God, we take confidence in knowing that we have the freedom to come here, God, boldly and declare your name. God, I pray that you anoint the word of God that's brought forth tonight. God, let this word be powerful. Let it be challenging. Let it be dynamic, God. But let it be a word delivered with purpose from my mouth via the Holy Spirit to the hearts of these young people so that that seed of your word may be planted, that fruit may come from it because we acknowledge that in our love, joy, peace, and kindness, and many other fruits of the Spirit, God, your word says that's how you get glory from our lives. We say this in all your name, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you can be seated. All right, so a couple weeks ago, the Lord had impressed on my heart to preach a message titled, The Minority, and and Scripture shows us that rarely is the direction of the majority, the crowded majority, the right direction to go in. In fact, we explored just a couple weeks ago that safety and security and salvation is found living in the minority, not the majority. We discussed how that 
the culture that we live in today says that the majority rules. So the majority opinion, what everybody else wants to do is what rules. And so we, we explored this concept of if we truly want to have the power of God in our lives, that you and I must be willing to live in the minority. We talked about some biblical examples like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that when the crowd and everybody else was bowing down and worshiping and, 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 and doing the, what, what the crowd, the majority wanted to do for the, the safety and security of not being peculiar or different or awkward. They went with the crowd, but three men decided to be unusual and live in the minority, and they ended up in the fiery furnace. But in the midst of that fiery furnace, in the middle of their standing in the minority, the few, the uh, unusual, the peculiar, the chosen, the remnant, if you will, in the middle of their decision to live separated from the crowd and live in the minority for Jesus, then and there did they experience the power of God. Not the thousands or the multitude or the millions that were bowing and worshiping the image of Nebuchadnezzar. They didn't experience the power, but the three that walked in the minority and found themselves in the fiery furnace, they were the ones who experienced the power and the, and the presence of God. But tonight, I want to explore the story of that woman with the issue of blood. You see, the Bible says that she had the issue of blood and and I'm just going to be real. This woman was on a 12-year menstrual cycle. If you go in and you, and you look this up in the Greek and, and, and you look this up, this woman had gone through her monthly cycle perpetually for 12 years. She was in a terrible, terrible situation. And that would be terrible enough. I understand that. But the reality of this as a Jewish woman and that culture, it was a very perplexing thing because Jewish law told that woman, but for the period of her cycle, that she was to basically leave the camp because she was unclean and she had to go through a process of becoming clean again before she could come back into the camp and fellowship with the people of God. So this was a woman who for 12 years was out of fellowship with her people. This was a woman because of her condition, the issue, the fountain of her blood. Because of this, she was not able to come into the people of God. In fact, you know, uh, the Bible teaches us that many times these unclean people, like lepers, for example, that when they would walk around the people of Israel or the Jewish people, it was law. It was Levitical law that they had to let everybody know they were not clean. In fact, they had to run around and say, unclean, I'm unclean. Don't come near me. Don't touch me. It's kind of like saying, I've got COVID. Don't come near me. Or I'm sick. Don't come near me. It was a terrible, everybody was like, stay away from them. Stay away from that, per that person. And this was the condition of the woman with the issue of blood. She had to have been a very wealthy woman because the Bible says that she had this issue for 12 years. And at the end of 12 years, she spent all that she had to get better. It took her 12 years of doctor visits and treatments and trials everything she took her 12 years to spend her entire savings her entire life so this was a woman who was not only out of fellowship with the people of God she was broke she was busted she was down she was out she had nothing left and the worst part about it is in spite of all of her effort the Bible says she didn't get any better she got worse despite all of her effort she was not better this is the condition of the heart of many in these last days they have issues in their hearts. 
Like this woman had the issue of blood. They have issues. They have troubles. They have trials. They have things that they go through. You and I, you as teenagers, have special troubles and trials that you find yourself experiencing and going through. And in the middle of your issues, sometimes you try to deal with it on your own. Maybe you run to this friend and you get their advice. Or you run to that teacher and you get their advice. You're spending everything you can. You're, you're going to social media. You're reading this article. You're reading this book. You're doing everything you can out on YouTube. Trying to get help, trying to get a, a, a restitution or resolution for the issue that you're going through, but you find yourself no better. You find yourself not getting any better from the condition or the issue that you're going through. They have issues and they try all they have, but find themselves in the crowd like the rest of them. This was the condition of this woman. She was with the crowd. She was in the middle of the crowd because she had tried everything she could. She had tried everything she knew to try. Doctor after doctor, bill after bill, circumstance after circumstance, and didn't get any better. And the Bible says when she heard about Jesus, the Bible says she came into the crowd, into the multitude. If you go back to the very first verse that we read, now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude had gathered around about him. You go to verse 25 or 24, it says, and a great multitude followed him and thronged about him. Clearly this woman was not alone. Many had heard about Jesus. Many had heard about how he walked on water. Many had heard about how he opened up the blinded eyes. Many had heard about how he unstopped the deaf ears and how he pulled the gold coin out of the fish's mouth and how he fed the multitude. Many had heard of the miraculous works of Jesus. And many, like this woman, had issues of their own. And they had all heard about how Jesus can help with the issue. And because they had heard that Jesus could help with the issue, they found themselves in the crowd like everybody else trying to get a touch from Jesus trying to get an encounter with Jesus and we know that the scripture tells us that many of them did because the Bible says they thronged about him that literally means they were bumping into Jesus some of these people who had heard about Jesus had gotten close enough to Jesus that they were actually touching them but none of them were experiencing the healing of their issue of their trial of their trouble of their difficulty she found herself swept up in the crowd but being in the crowd wasn't enough. And I just want to talk to some young people who have grown up in church your whole life. I want to talk to some young people at Impact. You're here every single Wednesday. I want to talk to some young people who have grown up in community family church. You're here every Sunday night. But I'm talking to some people. You have found yourself in the crowd of other teenagers worshiping Jesus because you've heard what Jesus can do for you. You've heard and you've seen what Jesus has done in others. And you want an experience with Jesus in your own. And I just want to tell you, like the woman with the issue of blood, the Bible says she realized that being in the crowd was not going to be enough to have an encounter with Jesus. And she said to herself at that moment, if I can just touch but the hem of his garment, I know I will be made whole. This woman was basically saying being in the crowd is not enough. Being in the youth group on Wednesday night is not enough. Being in the altar on Sunday night is not enough. It's not enough just to have a relationship with Jesus that's a crowd relationship because everybody else is having a relationship. This woman recognized that if she was going to experience the authentic power of God, that she was going to have to touch Jesus in a way that nobody else in the crowd was. This was the point she came to, that if I'm going to touch Jesus, 
that I'm going to have to separate myself from the crowd. So last week we talked about the need to separate yourself from the crowd of this world and live in the minority. But might I introduce another concept to you tonight, that in the minority there's a majority. That in the minority, those people who have said, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, that I'm a churchgoer. See, in America, I'm sorry to say it, but it's popular to call yourself a Christian. In fact, if you go out there and you interview people on the streets and you say, am I a Christian? They'll say yes, but these same people are smoking and doping and cursing and cussing and none of their lifestyle is anything like Jesus. And Christian literally means little Christ. They are little images of Christ. And these people are nothing like Christ, but yet everybody... Because it's almost popular to say, I'm a believer. See, that's the problem. We can't get anybody saved in the churches today because we can't get anybody to admit that they're lost without God. It's popular to be a Christian. In fact, it's almost popular to be in church. It's almost popular to be in a hip youth group. It's almost popular to be in the Christian crowd. The church crowd. It's almost popular that when Jesus is moving, everybody's all around them. You see, this crowd wanted to make sure they didn't miss the next miracle. This crowd wanted to make sure they didn't miss the next move of God. They wanted to make sure that if a storm came and Jesus said, peace, be still, that they wanted to witness it. They wanted to make sure that if another blind Bartimaeus called out to Jesus and Jesus spit in some mud and wiped it on his head and he got healed, they wanted to make sure they saw it. They wanted to make sure that if somebody was going to get up out of that grave, that's what happened. The Bible says this ruler came to Jesus and said my daughter is dead and lying at the point of death and the Bible says the multitude followed why because they wanted to see the next thing Jesus did I wonder how many people at church or at youth group are coming because they just want to see who's going to shout and who's going to run and who's going to who's going to have a move of the spirit but the reality is God wants you to separate yourself from the crowd within the minority and get a hold of Jesus like this woman she recognized that if she was going to have a life-changing encounter with Jesus, that hearing about him wasn't enough. That rolling with the church crowd just simply wasn't enough. It would not suffice. Scripture bears this to be true in James chapter 4. Therefore, we're talking about the woman with the issue of blood who drew nigh to Jesus. In the middle of the crowd, she realized that if she was going to get a touch from Jesus... She was going to have to touch Jesus in a way that nobody else was touching him. And so she drew nigh to Jesus. But before you can draw nigh to Jesus, young person, I want to help you with a couple things. Number one, submit yourself to God. Therefore, submit yourself to God. Everybody say, submit to God. Number two, resist the devil. Everybody say, resist the devil. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee. Right? We talk all the time about how, oh, if you draw near unto God, he's going to draw near unto you. But we forget this part of submit to God and resist the devil. We're even really good in the Pentecostal church of resisting the devil. right? We're real good about Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. But there's no, there's no resisting the devil unless there's first a submission to God. You don't have the authority to resist the devil and rebuke the devil if you have submitted your life to Jesus Christ. A lot of people running around trying to rebuke the devil and rebuke the devil and pray the devil away, but you don't have any authority in your prayer because you're not exercising the authority because you ain't got any authority because you haven't submitted yourself to Jesus Christ. And so if you find that you're praying a prayer and those prayers are seeming a little bit empty, ask yourself, have I submitted my life to Jesus? Amen. It's a little side sermon for you there. For number one, submit yourself to God. Number two, Resist the devil. Number three, draw near to God. 
then and only then will he draw near to you. So it's not simply draw near to God. It's submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, then draw near to God. Because you're drawing near to God is a futile exercise if you haven't submitted your heart to him. You could want to live for God all you want, but if you haven't submitted your heart to God and you're not resisting the devil, you'll never fully, truly draw near to God like this woman was about to do. What she was about to do. Then the Bible goes on to say, after you've submitted yourself to God and the spirits come to you, the job's not over because it goes on to say, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you're double-minded. That means you must become of singleness of mind. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not this man think he'll receive anything of the Lord. Bible says in verse 28 in Mark chapter 5, she said to herself, the New Living Translation says, she thought to herself. She had this inner dialogue. How many have had that same dialogue in themselves? If I could just get what so-and-so got, I'll serve God. If I could just have it the way so-and-so got it, then I'll serve God. If I, if I just had the mother like Pastor Tom had, of course I would serve God. If I just had the home life like so-and-so had, of course I would serve God. If I had the skill or the talent to sing or, or had the musical ability like so-and-so, I would serve God. I would work for God. She had this inner dialogue, and she said to herself, if I could just touch but the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. But listen, the inner dialogue isn't what healed this woman. The Bible says after she thought to herself, she came in behind the crowd and she began to push through the crowd. We've got to get to a point in our life where we move past the inner dialogue. I wonder how many young men and young women under the sound of my voice have been in a youth camp service or a youth conference service and you've had an encounter with the Lord and you've had that inner dialogue with yourself. I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. and I'm going to start praying every single day. Come on, somebody. I was a teenager once. I know how the promises go. Raise your hand if you've done it. Come on. Come on. You said, I'm going to get close to God. I'm going to work miracles. My hands are going to heal the sick, so I'm going to get up and pray every day at 630. Come on. We've all done it, right? I'm going to get close to God, and I'm going to, I'm going to do all this. And you have this inner dialogue within yourself. I'm going to evangelize. I'm going to, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to be brave. I'm going to get the microphone. I'm going to testify on Wednesday. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And you hype yourself up in the spiritual realm. You hype yourself up in your mind. You have this inner dialogue with yourself that I'm going to get a hold of Jesus. I'm going to do it. But this woman would have never experienced the healing and the touch of God she got had she not moved from that inner dialogue, from a dialogue to action. This is what it takes in our lives. That we must make up our mind that living in the crowd, within the crowd, is not enough. That we've got to make up our mind that we're going to be different than the rest of the youth group. Different from the rest of the church. That we're going to seek and we're going to pursue and we're going to go after God. The Bible says she came in through the crowd and she began to press her way through that crowd. The Bible says she touched him. You see, this woman just wasn't pressing through a crowd and pushing through people. That crowd represented so much to her. Because remember the story that I'm telling you about the Jewish law, the Hebrew law. This woman was forbidden to be in that crowd. She's not allowed to because of her condition of bleeding. She was unclean, unable 
to get close to Jesus, but she made up in her mind that she was going to press through the crowd. And every person she came in contact with on her way to Jesus was a violation of the law. Meant that she could face death. Meant that she could face punishment for the violation of that law. But she was determined that she was going to touch Jesus in a way that nobody else in that crowd was touching Jesus. So she pressed through that crowd. And she made sure that she got a hold of Jesus. I wonder under the sound of my voice if there's any young men or any young women tonight that will make up their mind that I'm not just going to come and check the box on Wednesday night, but I'm going to press through the crowd. I'm I'm going to actually press in there. I'm going to grab a hold of I'm going to press through the doubt. I'm going to press through the anxiety. I'm going to press through the fear. I'm going to press through the limitation. I'm going to press through the law. I'm going to press through the customs. I'm going to press through the gossip. Come on, somebody. I'm going to press through the backbiting. I'm going to press through the haters. I'm going to press through everything that tells me that I can't be here, and I'm going to press through just so I can get a hold of Jesus. This is what this woman came to. She came to the point in her life where she was no longer satisfied with having a crowd relationship with Jesus, that she had to touch him like no other. And the Bible says she did, but this was no ordinary touch. In fact, the Greek word here is the Greek word hapto, H-A-P-T-O, hapto. Now, I know this is getting a little Bible schoolish for you, but, you know, I can nerd out every once in a while, can't I? All right. The Greek word hapto here means to bring together two things until they become one and stay fused together. The Bible says that she came through the crowd and touched Jesus. This is not the same word as thronged in this scripture. That throng literally means touch. Everybody else was bumping into Jesus, Brendan. They were touching him. They were trying to get, imagine uh, Justin Bieber. Imagine Justin Bieber or whomever, right? They show up and, and they're here and, and, and all the girls and boys, maybe not boys, I don't know. Everybody's like, oh, Justin. And everybody's like trying to get in. People be climbing over sea, right? But that's what, so many, that's what people do. I've seen it. I've watched, the, I've watched the videos of people press through the crowds trying to get to their celebrity. And, and that they touch him. It's like, oh, oh, my God, I touched him. I just had an encounter of a life. Oh, I'm never going to forget this moment. Never, ever, 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 ever. I'm forever changed. because. Of, and this was what was happening. These people were just trying to get to Jesus, but it had no meaning. It had no depth to it because there was no desperation to it. There was no dependency. There was no, I absolutely have to get to him. This is my last hope. I've tried everything. I've spent every penny I've got. I need to get a hold of Jesus. So everybody was touching him. But this woman touched him, hapto, which means to take two things, Brother Cody, and bring them together until they are permanently fused together, meaning they can no longer be separated one from another. Young person, this is the kind of touch of God you need. This is the kind of experience with God you need. You've got to be so willing to press through the normal routine of teenage worship and the normal routine of being in church on Wednesday night and do what everybody else does and says, I'm going to press through all of this and I'm going to hapto. I'm going to touch Jesus. I'm going to be so close to him that I want to be fused with him until nothing can separate us. Amen. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, who can separate me from the love of Jesus Christ? It goes on to say, shall, shall tribulation, shall nakedness shall perish shall form uh, shall persecution shall all these things be able to separate me nothing 
will be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. You've got to get to a place in your mind where your heart is so made up, your mind is so fixed, that there's not a boy in this world that can separate you from your Jesus. There's not a girl in this world that's going to separate you from God. There's not a friend group. There's not a social place you can go to. There's not a social gathering that's going to be worth it. Brother Caleb, I remember when you had just given your life back to Jesus, you were a senior in high school, and graduation season was upon us. Come on, about this time of the year, in fact, we were doing small groups, and Brother Caleb got, in, I don't know, maybe got invited to a small group, I think, and everybody was at the small group, and Caleb, while he was at the small group, got an invitation to go to a graduation party, I think it was, with some of his old football buddies and, and, and all the friends he used to smoke with and, and run around and act a fool with and, and live like the devil with. We had a conversation, I remember, like it was yesterday. Listen, Caleb, you can't go there. You can't do this. You absolutely cannot, and I believe with all my heart, had Caleb in that young, vulnerable moment and his walk with the Lord not, uh, not had made the decision to abstain from that party and gone to that party. Now, I believe that he'd have picked up the bottle that night. I'd have believed he'd have picked up the joint that night. I'd have believed that he'd have found a girl that night. He'd have done something. He would not be sitting here as a preacher. And my point being is he absolutely would not be sitting in the second row of Impact Youth Ministries called as a preacher of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. She, he made up his mind at that moment that he was not going to have just some ordinary relationship with Jesus. That he was going to be so fused together with Jesus that nothing's going to pull him away from Jesus. No graduation party, no popularity, no acceptance. Nothing's going to pull me away. This was the touch this woman wanted. And the Bible says, in fact, Jacob in Genesis had a very similar encounter with Jesus. You know the story of the angel, the angel of the Lord showed up and there was a, there was a, the Lord showed up and there was a ladder descending from heaven and earth and angels were going up and down both sides. And the Bible says that Jacob wrestled with God. He had an encounter, a, a legitimate touch with God. And this is what he said, I will not let you go. I won't stop touching you until we're, till you bless me. This was Jacob trying desperately to get a hold of God, wanting desperately a blessing of God on his life. Young people, you got to get to that point. If we want a true, authentic encounter with Jesus, if we want the power this woman experienced with Jesus, you've got to make a decision. Am I going to roll with the Christian crowd, or am I actually going to get Christ? And that's the title of this message tonight. You can have the crowd, and you can say you're a Christian. You can identify with the group. You can identify with the population. But until you get to the point like this woman with the issue of blood, you're going to press through. You're going to go a little deeper. You're you're going to touch Jesus in a way that nobody else will touch. You're going to touch him so sincerely that you're fused with him for the rest of your life. And no woman, no boy, no friend group, no job, no career, no wealth, no possession, absolutely nothing is going to separate me from Jesus Christ. Until you get to that point, you'll never experience the power of the Lord. This woman did. The Bible says she touched him. And immediately, the Bible says, she felt within her body she was healed. And Jesus resonated with that and confirmed it. Who touched me? Everybody was touching him. This is why what I'm preaching to you is the truth. Listen to this. Everybody, the disciples said, Jesus, what are you talking about? Everybody's touching you. You're popular. You're healing people. You're raising people from the dead. Everybody wants a piece of you, Jesus. Jesus said, no, 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 no. Not who touched me, who touched me. 
Like who haptoed me? Who got so close to me? Who had a desperation for me? Who really, really touched me? I mean, who got past the, I'm going to pray, and who really prayed? Who really evangelized? Who really got a hold of God? Because Jesus knew somebody had, because when they do, the Bible says the power of God left him or went out from him and touched her. That's how you know you've really touched Jesus when you've got the power of God on display in your life. How many Christians running around tying, them, tying themselves to somebody else's power encounter? you got to get a hold of Jesus yourself. Alfred Nobel, he was the guy that we know that the Nobel Peace Prize was named after. He was a chemist. One of his famous inventions was a substance that blew up. It was a powerful energetic substance you put it in the form of a red stick with a fuse on the end of it we know that to be called what dynamite that's what alfred nobel named this this thing that you can light a fuse and boom i mean it would decimate anything that it was near this was dynamite alfred nobel named his invention dynamite because of the greek word dunamis or dynamis which is the same word here in Matthew and Mark chapter 5 when Jesus said, Who touched me? For I perceive that virtue, dunamis, or power, dynamis, has gone out from me. In other words, Jesus said, Somebody touched me in such a way that a dynamite power left me. That a power so forceful, that a power so real, that it can decimate anything around it. Listen, if, you wanna, if you've got the devils of hell on your heel and you're trying to get victory over that pornography and trying to get victory over that fornication, trying to get victory over that ungodly way of living. I'm not yelling at you. I know I'm yelling, but I'm not yelling at you. It's just because I'm excited and I can't help it. But if you want the true authentic power of God to blow away the enemy that's trying to come at you, you need to truly touch Jesus because then and only then will the dynamite power of the Lord be displayed in your life. Amen. Only by touching Jesus at an individual level you will experience this power. So what are you saying, Pastor Tad? What your youth pastor is trying to tell you is are you going to move past a place in your worship with God where you're not just checking a Wednesday night box anymore? I'm looking for some 12 and 13 and 14-year-old boys who recognize that they're going to be in this youth group for the next five, six, seven, eight years. And they don't want to just... Check a box every Wednesday. They don't want to just do an attendance report and say, I'm here. I want some young women who make up in their mind that they're going to be like that woman. That they're going to press through the crowd. They're going to press through the normal church crowd. And they're going to get a hold of Jesus in such a way that they experience the power of God. You see, when you and I progress from the crowd relationship to press past, to a more intimate relationship, we will experience a power so strong in our lives that it'll blow away the issues restricting us. But listen, the issue that the woman had kept her out of fellowship with God's people. The issue that she had was a life-ending issue. Not only was this issue so profound, she was broken because of it. She literally had no money left. She was worse by the day. Every day, she got worse. This was essentially death to her. 
socially. The desperation that she found herself in was life-altering for her. But she touched Jesus, and the dynamite power of God blew every restriction away, blew every limitation away. But I know how the devil works. Why are you praying? You know what you did last Friday, Caleb? Don't go to God. Don't go to Jesus. And he restricts you. And he limits you. That's what this issue meant to this woman. You can't go around the people of God. You can't go around church. You can't go around God because you got an issue that prevents you and restricts you and tells you that you can't. Everything about this woman's life said, stop, no further. You can't get any closer to God. But she made up her mind. She was going to press back all the noise. She's going to press through all of that crowded noise and that unbelief. And she touched Jesus then all of the restriction and limitation was blown away and she experienced an authentic true encounter with the Lord thanks for listening if you were blessed or encouraged go ahead and subscribe to the impact podcast and share it with a friend to bless them too connect with us on instagram at impactym and remember you can have as much of God as you want